Well, hello and welcome once again to the Beartown Road Alliance Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Isaac, and I'm very excited to once again have the privilege to introduce to you the first message in our new series called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Well, this message is titled Breakthrough Prayer and Fasting. So we are beginning this 21-day journey leaning into a prayer from this guy named King Jehoshaphat. He said, God, we do not know know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And in this message, Pastor Dave teaches on this prayer from a man who was desperate for a breakthrough. One element that you'll hear in this message is the challenge to commit to fasting from something, whether it be food or media or whatever have you, and then to allow us the privilege as a church staff to be able to pray for you as well. And so linked in the show notes of this episode, you're going to find a link that if you would like to have us as a staff and as a ministry leadership team to pray for you and to support you. We would love the opportunity to do that. So in the meantime, let's jump into this first message in our new series 21 called Breakthrough Prayer and Fasting. So several months ago, my wife Jen came home from the grocery store and I pulled out from the bag a jar of salsa. And it, was, it wasn't it was Tostitos. It was some other brand I had never heard of. But it was restaurant-style salsa, which I love. I love chips and salsa. And I took the jar out. And I had my chips right there. And I went to take the lid off. And it wasn't even budging. wasn't even moving. And I tried a little bit harder, put all my weight down, tried to get this lid off, you know, banging it on the counter, putting it under hot water. Um, we got one of those grippy things, you know, that you can put on top of the lid and try to get it off. And it was not coming off. And I was so frustrated because I wanted my chips and salsa. So I took the jar and I said, I'm done with you, jar of salsa. And I put you in the, uh, in the pantry and I rested for a while and got a little bit more stronger the next couple of days. And then I went inside the pantry and I saw the jar of salsa and it was looking at me, laughing at me and talking smack to me. So I grabbed the jar of salsa and I said, this time this lid is coming off. And I, I mean, I tried so hard to get this lid off that I kid you not, my hand was in the shape of a C and it was numb for like 10 seconds. It was just, you know, I was trying so hard. I'm, I'm just sweating and I'm just upset, right? And I'm like, well, I, I guess th- this just isn't meant to be. I need to go to the store and get something else. So I put it in a pantry. Well, uh, a couple weeks goes by and my in-laws were visiting from Virginia. And my wife said to me, hey, maybe my dad can get the lid off the salsa. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no. <laughs> this could be very humiliating, you know, because as a man, like our pride, we don't want somebody else to get the lid off, especially when we, we've been trying for like a month to get the lid off. And, and he, he gets the salsa out. I'm like real nervous. And I'm like, Dad, there is no way you're getting that lid off. I've been trying for weeks to get the top off that lid. He's like, step aside, son. No, he didn't say that. And he's probably watching right now, and you're probably cracking up because you remember this. And, and I'm, I'm like, all right, Dad, whatever. So, you know, he's an experienced uh, man in, in terms of getting salsa off. So he reaches into the drawer of the kitchen, and he pulls out a butter knife. Some of you know this tactic. I've never seen this before. But he took the butter knife, and he put it underneath the, the cap all the way around, right? And then it was like, and it just came right off. 
And I was like, wow, man, you just experienced a breakthrough that I've been trying to experience for the last month. And I was a little bit embarrassed, but I was mostly happy because I could finally enjoy my bowl of salsa and chips. So we're, we're starting this, uh, this series today called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And uh, I like to say that every sermon series we do is important, but this maybe is a little bit more important. We've been gearing up for this series for quite some time because I'm, I'm hoping and I'm believing and I'm praying that many of us will experience a breakthrough in our lives. You know, one of the great blessings about being a pastor is I get to listen to some of you and I get to pray with many of you. And um, it's evident that, that many of us, maybe even all of us, have something in our lives where we're hoping that we'll experience a breakthrough, right? It could be a health concern. We've got people in our congregation that got some health things going on. Um, it could be a marriage, right? Some of you, you've got some tense things going on in your marriage, or maybe it's something with your child. It could be somebody at home and there's just some, some stuff going on, some conflict, maybe some sibling rivalries. Uh, maybe it's a child who's an adult and they've been wayward and, and the relationship's just been full of conflict and you're, you're hoping for a breakthrough. And for the next 21 days, I'm going to partner with you and we're going to partner as a church to pursue God, maybe like you've never pursued him before, in hopes that at the end of this 21 days, you'll experience a breakthrough. Maybe it'll be a miracle, or maybe you'll just start to see um, God's, God's power a little bit more in your life. Maybe you'll see that prayer get answered that you've been hoping. Because for many of us, it's kind of like that, that salsa jar, like you've been trying, and you've been sweating, and you've been working so hard to change things, but nothing's happening. And you are frustrated, and you're tired, and you're stressed out. And my hope and my prayer is that at the end of these 21 days, things will be different. Your mindset will be different, and that maybe you'll experience a breakthrough. For some of you, you know, you, you've, maybe you're here and you're a Christian, and you've pursued a relationship with God for many, many years. And right now, you would describe your relationship with God as you're kind of hitting a, a ceiling, and you would love to go to new heights in your relationship with God. You'd love to experience more of him, more power, more peace in your life. But you're not quite sure how to get there because you've tried and you've twisted and you've turned and you've worked. And you're just kind of stuck. And we're going to hope and we're going to pray that these next 21 days will be an extraordinary season of life for all of us. Now, as Adam mentioned in the opening video, um, we're going to take a look at an account, just one account of a man who lived about 3,000 years ago. His name was King Jehoshaphat, and he needed an extraordinary breakthrough. If he did not receive a breakthrough, he was probably going to die. His family probably was going to die. Um, many of the people in his nation probably would have gotten enslaved, and they would have lost their nation to three foreign Armies. So this man, Jehoshaphat, in his story can be found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So here's what happens. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1, we discover that these three nations come together, the Edomites, the Moabites, and the Ammonites. They cross the Dead Sea. They come into the nation of Judah, and they encamp in En Gedi, which is 25 miles south of the capital city of Jerusalem, where Jehoshaphat reigns. Um. I actually visited En Gedi recently, and, and it's 
quite an extraordinary place. It's in the middle of a desert. You're just surrounded by desert, and then this place just pops up. Uh, if you're familiar with Bible study, that King David, before he was king, was running away from King Saul. Saul wanted to kill him, and he hid in En Gedi, and this is where he wrote many of the Psalms. Um, it, it was a place of refreshment. It was a place where you would go to, to get restored, right? So we've got these three armies that pause in En Gedi, they can get a nice shower. They can get refreshed in these beautiful crystal clear pools. They're probably getting the finest meat that these nations have to offer them. They're getting all geared up. They're doing push-ups, right? They're doing calisthenics and getting ready to march 25 miles north into the city of Jerusalem so that they can defeat the army of the Israelites. And as you can imagine, King Jehoshaphat, is alarmed, or, or literally, he's afraid. So he resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judea. Now, you might say to yourself, well, why would he fast? That seems counterintuitive. If you've got an army bearing down on your neck, you're going to want to be strong, and you're going to want to get nutrients into your body so that you can fight to the best of your ability. Why would you fast? Why would you fast? Now, fasting, this is kind of our working definition, is denying the flesh in order to be more in tune with the spirit. So fasting is saying, okay, God, I'm going to deny the natural. I'm going to deny physical food so that I can be more in tune with you. Because right now, I got this army coming after me. I need a breakthrough. And in the flesh, in the natural, in the physical, there is no way we're going to be able to defeat this army. So I'm going to fast so that I can be more in tune with you. I'm going to abstain from food so that I can be more connected to the spirit. You could fast from food. And when you read of the biblical fast, it was typically fasting from food. You could fast from media. You could fast from junk food. You could pick a certain fast. That's what I'm going to challenge you to do in a few minutes is to pick something to avoid, to deny the flesh so that you can be more in tune with the Spirit. Now, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is in the desert, right? So fast forward here 800 years, and Jesus is in the desert, and he's preparing to go into his public ministry, and he fasts for 40 days. He's getting ready for the battle with Satan, the showdown with the devil, and after these 40 days of fasting, the devil comes up to him and says, paraphrase, Jesus, why don't you just turn those stones into bread? I mean, you're a miracle worker, right? You got to be hungry. I mean, you haven't eaten for 40 days. Just turn the stones into bread and you can demonstrate to the world your power and you can get something in your belly and feel good. Here's what Jesus says to Satan in that moment. He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word from the mouth of God. In other words, in this moment, Jesus says, the word of God is more important than eating. So fasting is, it's a season where I deny the flesh so that I can be more in tune with the spirit. In the case of Jesus, and he's God in the flesh, denying the flesh so that he can be more in tune with the father. And then of course, he defeats Satan goes down into his public ministry where he has all these battles with darkness. And he knew he needed to prepare his body so that he could have victory. So denying the flesh in order to be more in tune with the spirit. So Jehoshaphat, he's desperate. He calls a national fast. 
And the scriptures tell us that the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And they're like, we need a breakthrough. So we're coming to the temple of the Lord. And I imagine thousands of people from the land descend upon the temple courts to seek the Lord. And in some ways, you've come this morning, whether you're watching online or you're in the room today, you've come really because you want to seek the Lord. You want to seek more of him. You want to experience more of him. You want to be more in tune with the spirit. So so here's Jehoshaphat with everybody, and they're seeking the Lord. And the text tells us that Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord, and he said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? In other words, there's this this acknowledgement of who God is, right? And during this 21 day of prayer and fasting that we're all gonna, hopefully all of us are gonna be a part of, we acknowledge God, you are the God. Even though these nations, these three nations, they worship all these false gods, God, we're recognizing that you, Yahweh, are the one true God, even if these other nations don't acknowledge it. You are the God, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We got no power. If we try to fight them on our own, we're done. And I love, I love the next line of this prayer. This is maybe worth memorizing when you're in need of a breakthrough. This is so good. Here's what he says. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's where some of you are today, right? You're thinking to yourself, okay, yeah, I, I can't get the top of the salsa off. I'm trying to fix my marriage. I'm trying to get a job. I'm single and I want to be married, but I can't meet anybody, right? I'm, 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 I'm going to the doctor and I'm getting all these, all these things, but I, I need a breakthrough. And you're in a position where you're saying, I don't know what to do. I got nothing, God, but I'm just going to stand here and I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And I love this because it rhymes and it's easy to remember. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So the text tells us all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord in desperation. They don't know what to do. They got no plan of attack. They're weak because they're hungry. They've been fasting. And they just stand there. And they wait for God to speak. I don't know if they're standing there for minutes or hours. Some of you, you've been waiting for days and weeks and months and in some cases years to get the breakthrough that you would like to see happen. And they're just standing Okay, God, anytime, anytime. And then all of a sudden, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jahaziel, the prophet of the Lord, the mouthpiece of God. And in these days, you have three prophets or you have three offices, the prophet, the priest, and the king. Jahaziel is God's mouthpiece who's now gonna stand up and he's gonna speak to the people on behalf of God. And he says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is not yours but God's. The battle is not yours, but God. For some of you, this, this, is the, this is the word you need to hear today, okay? You've been trying, and you've been striving, and you've been working to see 
the breakthrough and the message that you need to hear is the battle, it is not your battle. It is the Lord's. God cares more about you and he cares more about your kids and he cares more about your spouse and he cares more about your coworker or your boss or your employees than you do. The battle, it's not your battle to fight. Put it into the hands of the Lord because the battle is the Lord's. And then he says this, tomorrow, march down against them. To which the people might be thinking to themselves, okay, this is a little bit contradictory. You've told me that the battle is the Lord's, but now you want me to go march down? Can't I just kind of stay back on my leather couch eating my chips and salsa, and then you can give me the message that they've been defeated because apparently the battle is God's, not mine? Why are you telling me to march down? <laughs> if I march down, I'm going to lose. So why are you telling me to march down? And I think, I think, this, is, I think this is huge. This is huge. The battle is, in fact, God's. But sometimes it's going to require you to take a step of faith. It's going to require you to, to go get counseling. It's going to require you to fill out the job application or, or design your resume and put it on the desk. For some of you, it's going to require you to keep doing online dating. It's going to require you to go down to the doctor. It's going to require you to March down. And some of you, again, you're like, well, I, I've been marching down. I've been doing X, Y, Z. And maybe for you, the message is you keep doing those things. You keep on doing the things that you can do. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is a battle that God's going to fight on your behalf. So march down, Jahaziel says, and you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. You see, if I just sit back on my couch and just eat my chips and salsa and I wait for God to win the battle, then I don't get to see the glory of the Lord. But if I march down and I take that step of faith and I do what the Spirit has been leading me to do, and then I pray and I fast that God's going to go before me to fight my battle, then I can say... that. The glory belongs to God. The glory, the power, and the honor, it goes to God. I, I've done my part, but he's won the battle. So he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Get out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Go out to face them tomorrow. You know, maybe you're here this morning, and the reason you haven't pursued that conversation or the reason you haven't applied for that job, or the reason you haven't fill in the blank is because of the fear of failure, or the fear of humiliation. And maybe God just wants to say, you need to go out and you need to face that fear, and you need to take a step of faith and watch God do what only he can do. Go out to face them. Well, some Levites from the Kohatites and the Korhatites stood up and they praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. I love the fact that this entire account has three ingredients, fasting, prayer, and worship. Fasting, prayer, 
and worship. This entire account is filled with going before God and acknowledging who he is, acknowledging his power, and worshiping him for who he is. This is why we gather together on Sunday mornings and we sing out to the Lord, right? And notice, it says very loud voice. It doesn't say very pretty voice. It doesn't say a very on-key voice. Um, I, I told you this story years ago, but it's worth repeating because it was this incredible moment I had at a men's breakfast where I was gathered with about 50 to 75 men and there was a guy up front playing a guitar and I was standing right next to this guy who was shouting out with a very loud voice and his voice was so bad I could barely even concentrate on the Lord. I mean, he was singing out with all of his heart and I was like, oh my goodness, this guy has... But here, I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget it. Because this was a man who said, you know what? I don't care what people think. I'm going to shout out because my God's been good to me. Or maybe he was thinking, I'm going to shout out because I need a breakthrough. You see, this entire account, this entire account is all about praise and worship and fasting and prayer and taking a step. But at the end of the day, the battle's not mine, it's the Lord's. So they go out in a very loud voice, and then early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa, and as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood up, and he said to everyone, listen to me, Judah and people of Israel, people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. See, they needed reminded of the goodness of God. They, re- they needed to be reminded of the power of God because we're weak. As humans, we're weak, and we forget about the power of God. That's why we need to keep showing up every Sunday morning. That's why you need to keep watching online. That's why we need to go before the Lord every so often and just be reminded of the greatness and the power of God because we forget. So Jehoshaphat, their leader, reminds them to have faith to keep on pursuing God. And then, th- this is a great, a great detail to the story. After consulting the people, after consulting the people, I-, I think that this is a mark of great leadership, right? That Jehoshaphat's like, all right, I'm going through the, going through the ranks and I'm gonna talk to individual soldiers and I'm gonna say, how you guys doing? They're probably thinking, well, I'm a little nervous right now because I see that army in the distance and I'm, I'm looking at our, our army and I'm looking at them and I'm not so sure. All right, man, it may be Jehoshaphat's praying with them, listening to them, goes to another soldier, inquires, asks people what's going on, right? This is a mark of great leadership, being connected to the people. Um, if you were here December 20th, last year, um, where we burned the mortgage. Remember that? And we lit the stage on fire and there's leaving a little mark right there to remind us of lighting the stage on fire and how God um, enabled us to pay off the mortgage last year. And we had a bunch of baptisms up here and we gave you the t-shirts with the new logo. And it was just this, this great day. It was, it was one of the best days of my ministry. I just loved that day, December 20th. It was so great. And during that sermon, some of you remember, I said, look, at the beginning of 2021, we're going to begin a, a time of discernment, a time of prayer, a time of fasting so that we can hear from God for our next steps as a church. And 2020 was such a unique year because there was a lot of suffering that happened in 2020 and um, a lot of things happened in your personal life, a lot of difficult things happened and some challenges we experienced here at the church, but it really was quite an amazing year. 
We were able to pay off the mortgage and we were able to hire some staff and God really blessed us in 2020. And this doesn't happen very often, but I felt like, all right, 2020, we're going to wrap it up in a bow and we're going to say, thank you, Lord. And 2021 is kind of like a blank slate. Like God did all this stuff and we hired staff and we paid off some things and we were able to do some projects around the church like redoing the bathrooms and the parking lot and doing all these cool things. And now we've kind of got this blank slate and we're going to ask God the question, what's our next step as a church? How do you want us to move forward? And so over the next 21 days, I would love to hear from you. What's God telling you? What's God speaking to you? What are you hearing from the Lord? Are there some opportunities in the community that we're not aware of, that you are aware of, that you could tell us about so that we can make more of a difference in our local community? So I love this. Here's Jehoshaphat going through the ranks. How you doing? Checking in on them, praying with people, consulting. And then Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out at the head of the army. Now, again, this is counterintuitive. You're about to face an army, and the people you put on the front line are a bunch of men who are hungry with musical instruments. No offense, worship team, right? But that's the front line of your battle? Here's why I love that. It illustrates what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, that God uses the weak things of this world to shame the strong, right? And that's what fasting does, is it weakens us physically so that we can be strong spiritually, right? And when you fast, whether it's food or it's meat or whatever, and you feel a little bit weak, that's the moment where you say, I'm gonna press into God more. I mean, think about this. Think about Think of how much time you spend buying food, paying for it, putting it in your vehicle, bringing it home, putting it in your cupboard, bringing it out, making the food, eating the food, cleaning up the food, putting it in the dishwasher or having somebody else wash the dishes, having to sweep the floor. I mean, it is a conundrum. And to be able to take maybe a meal a day or, or maybe a, a meal a week or whatever, whatever you feel led to do and just say, I'm putting this aside. And yeah, I'm going to be a little bit weaker during this season physically but I'm going to be stronger spiritually because I'm tuning into the Lord and I'm pursuing him like I never have before. You might think to yourself, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you fast? Sometimes God asks us to do things that don't always make sense, but the weaker we are, the stronger he is. And the weaker we are, the more he gets the glory. Amen? So you got these worship leaders, right? And they're out in the front line. None of them have swords. They got like guitars and flutes and violins. And they got all these instruments. And they're singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And maybe they're, you know, maybe they're like, maybe they're sweating, shaking a little bit because this army's coming. And they're shouting out, give thanks to the Lord, right? Because you give thanks to God even before the battle's been won. Let me say it again. Give thanks to God even before the battle's been won. Even before you see your breakthrough, there are a whole lot of things we need to be thankful for. So they're giving thanks and they're honoring God and they're declaring the power of God even before they've experienced the breakthrough. And then the text tells us as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Whew. Can you imagine seeing that? Lined up the worship leaders up front 
and you look out and all of the three armies end up turning on one another and all you had to do was march down and declare the battle's not mine, it's God's and you got to experience the power and the glory of God and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. And isn't that what some of you are looking for? Rest. Rest in your marriage. Rest in your relationship with your kids. Rest at work. Breakthrough. Rest. Peace. Maybe mental health. Anxiety. I'm going to challenge you to fast. And I'm going to challenge you to pray like you never have before. That you would deny your flesh in order to be more in tune with the spirit. Here's what prayer and fasting does, if I could add to this definition. It acknowledges our need for God to go before us, right? We're going to sing a song in a moment, and there's a line that says, you go before us. God, God, okay, I need to go have this conversation with someone in the office, or I need to pick up the phone and talk to my daughter, right? Or I need to hand in my resume. I need to have a crucial conversation with somebody, but I am terrified. So I'm praying that you will go before me and you will prepare the way and you will soften hearts. And I'm declaring that the battle belongs to you. And all I'm going to do is take the next step and pray that you come through. See, we're going to do this together. We're all going to do this together. So here's the practical application that I'm going to give you as the worship team comes up in the front line of the battle. As we close out this service, singing a song that if I could write a song uh, about the story of Jehoshaphat, this is the song. Hold on a second, Jeff. I got to, well, actually, you can do that. Let's, let's, can we put it up here, Caleb? Because I've got, um, I've got some, some ideas for you uh, that I think is going to help you. On your way out, we've got a table out here um, with books. And I'm going to ask everybody in the congregation to grab a book. Um, because we want you for 21 days to press into God and to just spend a few minutes a day in this prayer and fasting journal. Um, if you're watching online, if we could go back up there, Caleb. If you're watching online, there is um, a number. Are we able to get that up there? There's a number that you can text, and this will give you, uh, are we able to get that? There's a number uh, that you're able to text and this will be able to get you a Kindle copy, all right? So if you're watching online and you're not here, all you need to do is text this number, text the word book, and we'll give you a Kindle copy or on your way out, again, there's a table over here. We would love for you to grab one of those books because look, this is a daily battle, right? This is a daily battle where we need to be reminded every day of the power and the greatness and the goodness of God. The other thing that I'm going to ask you to do right now is go into the seat back in front of you and grab the, uh, the card. It's a card that looks just like this. Everybody go ahead and do that right now. It's a card that has the word 21 on it. Go ahead and grab that card. And on the back of the card, it looks like this. It says, I need a breakthrough in the following area of my life. I want you to take a couple minutes because we have some time to do this to write down an area where you need a breakthrough. It could be a relational breakthrough. It could be a job. It could mean you want to meet somebody. Just write down the area that you would love 
to see God give you a breakthrough. Go ahead and write that down. Um, And then the next line is, what will you fast from for the next 21 days? It might be one meal. It might be one day per week in the next 21 days. It might be social media. It might be media. It might be junk food. I don't know, but my hope is that you will lean into Christ and you'll ask, what can I fast from? What can I deny my flesh so that I might be more in tune with the Spirit. There is a QR code on this card. Um, If you know how to use a QR code, you go to your picture app and you hover over it and then you click it and you can write down the area that you'd love to see a breakthrough and you can write down what you will fast from and it will come to the staff and the elders and we would love to partner with you and pray for you that you would experience a breakthrough. If you're watching online in the description on Facebook or YouTube, um, you can get the link so that you can access this as well. Um, You don't have to do this if you don't want to, but if you would like us to partner with you and pray with you for a breakthrough over the course of this 21 days, go ahead and take advantage of that. So I'm gonna give you a couple of minutes. Just think about, you know, Jehoshaphat with with the people and they're gathered at the temple courts and they're just standing before the Lord. And I'm gonna ask you to take a couple minutes to ask God what he wants from you. And if he gives you an answer, write it down. If you need to take it home and spend some time doing that, that's okay. But take a couple minutes to go ahead and fill out this card and press into the Lord. Go ahead and let's do this together. Hey, before you go, let me just pray for you. God, we in this room and those watching online, every single person in here, I would venture to guess, has some kind of battle that they've been fighting, that we've been fighting for so long and we're tired and we're exhausted and we've been trying to get that lid off the salsa jar, but we need to back off and let you take over. God, give us wisdom of how we might march down. Give us wisdom of the step that we need to take. But above all, give us the faith to let go and let you fight this battle for us. Give us the spiritual discipline to fast and pray and worship. And then at the end of these 21 days, we'll have some stories to tell of some breakthroughs that have occurred because you've done a work in our lives that at the end of the day, we can step back and say, that was God who fought that battle for me. God, would you restore marriages? Would you restore relationships between parents and children? Would you restore workplace relationships? God, I pray for the single person who wants to be married, that you would bring that person to them. I pray for the sick person that they would be healed. I pray for miracles to happen over the course of these 21 days. And that at the end of the day, we would step back and say, oh God, you did it. You did it. You broke through. We love you and we praise you because we don't know what else to do. Come, Lord Jesus, would you fight our battle and would we be able to stay on our knees with our hands lifted high saying the battle belongs to you. We pray this in the precious, powerful name of the God of Jehoshaphat, the God of Israel, the God of Beartown Road Alliance Church, who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen.